Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. We're continuing on with Stephen Haskell's Bible Handbook, and today it begins to get very interesting. We're getting in more deeply now. The title of today's reading is The Three Comings of Christ and the Marriage of the Lamb. I believe that's connected with the open and shut door message, and we're going to perhaps touch on some of these things. <clears throat> Let me just have prayer real quick. Dear Jesus, Lord, we pray for thy spirit to guide us. We pray for thy presence with us this morning. Open up our understanding. Help us to grasp what it is that you want each one of us to understand. Give us discernment, we pray in your name. Amen. All right. There are three separate positions. Try to ignore the noise in the background. Kitten is jumping on his paper bag and playing with his mom, so I'll try to speak above that. So... <clears throat> There are three separate positions taken in regard to the advent of Christ. First, the Bible presents him as coming to judge the world. You've read those verses. Second, you've read that he comes as a thief. And third, you've read also that he comes to take his people to heaven. There's truth in each position, for they do not relate to the same event, but to three separate events which take place in their order. You may need a moment to think about that. And to realize that maybe in the past we have just let the pastor tell us what to think about all of these things and maybe try to explain them all. But they're three separate events and they're described in different parables and the things that are happening and what they mean. So <clears throat> first he comes to judge the world. Second, he comes as a thief. Third, he comes to take his people to heaven. The coming of judgment or also referred to in the parable of Jesus of the marriage feast, going to the marriage. We're going to begin by, let me get my Bible here real quick. I'm going to be turning to some Bible verses, and I did not put markers in this spot, so I'm going to flip around. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, last book in the Old Testament. Verse, verses 1 through 5. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Christ will suddenly come to judgment, is what that's telling us. And next we're going to find out how Christ went to the marriage when he went to the judgment. We're going to read Daniel 7, 9. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, <coughs> pardon me, and the hair of his head like the pure wool, the throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. God's throne has wheels. It's movable, in fact. Ezekiel saw his throne um, with the wheels and the movement of it, but we're not studying that today. 
So, chapter 7, verse 9, 10, 13, and 14. Nine, ten, thirteen, and 14. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory in a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Okay, so what did we just read? We read Christ went to the marriage when he went to the judgment. The, here we see the thrones cast down, the Ancient of Days did sit. That's his father, that's, that's God, who inhabits eternity. His garment white as snow, he sat in judgment. Thousands thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before the bar. They stood before the judge. The judgment was set. The books were opened. And then Jesus came to before him. He Remember, he is our mediator. He's our representative before the Father. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. This is where he was going to receive his kingdom. And the way that he receives his kingdom is um, the names of those who claim him as their Lord are coming up for judgment in the investigative judgment. No, I'm just saying this, but you'll hear as we read, you'll see that it makes sense and that it's perfectly aligned with God's plan. All right, so the names come up before him. Jesus bears him in on his breastplate, just as the earthly priest had the names on his breastplate and took them in before God. So we're not actually there during this investigative judgment. We, we have a representative who bears us there. It's a, we go into the marriage where Jesus receives his bride, his people. And <clears throat> so he went into the judgment. He bore us in there on his breastplate, and we're not there in person. And he came suddenly because we don't know when this happens. This happens in heaven, and it began in 1844. It's still going on. This investigative judgment is going on. Soon we'll move to the living. And he starts at the beginning, goes through those who have died, and then comes through the living. And we it comes suddenly. We don't know when our name will come up. All right, so... Then we're going to read Matthew 25:10 and this is Jesus speaking Matthew 25 verse 10 And while they went to buy the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut Now how did that happen in the real world virtually it happened when his followers opened up the book of Daniel. The book was open to them in Revelation. It said that the book was now open in the end of the angel. They understood, and they went in by faith. And those who did not go in by faith were left behind. They stayed in the holy place experience. And those who went in with him went into the marriage. And that was Jesus' parable, which you can read the whole parable uh, yourself if you like. Christ went to the marriage when he went to the judgment. And I'm going to read Great Controversy, page 427, a few paragraphs. The proclamation, behold, the bridegroom cometh, in the summer of 1844, led thousands to expect the immediate adve advent of the Lord. At the appointed time, the bridegroom came, 
not to the earth, as the people expected, but to the Ancient of Days in Heaven, which we read about earlier, to the marriage, the reception of his kingdom. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Remember, we read in Daniel, the th God's throne was set, he sat, and Jesus came before him to receive his dominion and kingdom. They were not, see, the door was shut, and those that were ready went in with him by faith. They were not to be present in person at the marriage, for it takes place in heaven while they are upon the earth. The followers of Christ are to wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. But they are to understand his work and to follow him by faith as he goes in before God. It's in this sense that they are said to go in to the marriage. So now let's turn to Revelation 21. suppose if if it were true what everyone not everyone many many people believe that that death you put a heaven or hell and the ones who would be in heaven would see what was going on and it couldn't be a surprise to them or unknown to them <clears throat> but the lord says that we sleep in our graves and we will raise them those who sleep in the dust they don't know revelation 21 9 and 10 who is the bride and there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. He talked with me, saying, Come hither, I'll show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Nine and ten. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. The new Jerusalem. The angel showed him that the new Jerusalem is the bride. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. I have to be careful that I don't get it, start getting explanations and talking about things too much. I don't want to <clears throat> do that. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse two. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things. Oh, I'm in 1 Corinthians. I've done it again. Okay, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse um, 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. All right. Isaiah. See, now what we read was that the church was here talked about as being the bride. Then we read that the city of New Jerusalem is the bride. And now we're going to read Isaiah 62 4. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. Neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and the land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. Okay, so here in Isaiah it says the land is going to be married. The city, the land, and the church. I'm going to read Isaiah 54, verse 5. 
for thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Thy maker is thine husband. He's our husband. He's a husband unto us. And now let's go to Ephesians 5.23. We don't need to be confused by these things. Just accept what the Lord says. Ephesians 5.23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So Christ is the husband of the church. The church is the bride. Christ is married to the city, the land, and the church. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. If we turn it back to Daniel chapter 7, we'll let the Bible explain itself. Daniel chapter 7. Okay. Verses 13 and 14. Now, we've read this before, but we'll continue to bring it back up. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, or I believe that's clouds of angels, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory in a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Christ is brought before the Father to receive his kingdom. It takes four things to make a kingdom, vis-a-vis territory, people, capital, or a seat of government, and a king. The giving of the city, the people, and the land to Christ, the king, constitutes the marriage. That's when he receives his kingdom. The city, the people, and the land, that's his kingdom. Now, we're going to go to Luke 19. Luke 19, verse 12. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So Jesus is telling them in this parable that now when he goes away, he w- he's going to receive a kingdom and return. Come and get us. I also told them that he was making mansions for them and that he would come and get us. Judgment precedes the marriage. Did I read verse 10? 19 verse 9 and 10. Okay. Oh, Luke nineteen twelve. Yes, oh yeah, I read what I was supposed to. To receive a kingdom for himself in return. Christ has gone into a far country to receive a kingdom. Now I'm going to read a page 37 of Testimonies, Volume 8. A paragraph. My heart is filled with anguish when I think of the tame messages borne by some of our ministers. When they have a message of life and death to bear, The ministers are asleep, the lay members are asleep, and a world is perishing in sin. May God help his people to arouse and walk and work as men and women on the borders of the eternal world. Soon 
and awful surprise is coming upon the inhabitants of the world. Suddenly, with power and great glory, Christ will come. Then there will be no time to prepare to meet him. Now is the time for us to give the warning message. We are stewards, entrusted by our absent Lord with the care of his household and his interests, which he came to this world to serve. He has returned to heaven, leaving us in charge, and he expects us to watch and wait for his appearing. Let's be faithful to our trust, lest coming suddenly he find us sleeping. Daniel 7, 9 and 10. We're going to read these again whenever they apply. And Jesus said unto him, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not in Daniel. <laughs> Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel 7, <clears throat> 9 and 10. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. And uh, it kind of refers to an Eastern judgment where they sat on pillows and cast them down. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and they are placed. And the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened." Okay, so we've read that when Jesus, in his parable, he goes in to the wedding feast. And, of course, we knew that the ten virgins were sleeping when he did that. And when they claimed, said, the bridegroom cometh, they woke up. And those who had oil or the knowledge from studying went in by faith with him. And those who did not went to buy from the sellers. And when they came, the door was shut. Jesus went in to receive his kingdom. Oh, where was I? Okay. And this is the judgment. <clears throat> he bore us in on his breastplate, and it was a secret. We didn't know when it was going to happen. So where am I? Daniel 7, 9, and 10. We read it again. Judgment precedes the marriage. And that was the order of events that we read about. Because it has to be determined who the subjects of his kingdom and dominion are before they are given to him. <clears throat> That's sort of beginning to make a lot of sense to me as I read these things. Great Controversy, page 428. <clears throat> okay. In the parable of Matthew 22, the same figure of the marriage is introduced, and the investigative judgment is clearly represented as taking place before the marriage. In, in our world, we have an investigative judgment, and we have an executive judgment where... Um, the judgment is the sentence is executed. The investigative judgment is where all the information is gathered together to be studied. And that's why this refers to it as the investigative judgment. <clears throat> Previous to the wedding, the king comes in to see the guests, to see if all are attired in the wedding garment, the spotless robe of character washed and made white in the blood of the lamb. And this is how we are judged whether to be his people or not. Christ's righteousness, Christ's robe of righteousness is our wedding garment. And you notice in the parable that he went in to see who had on that garment. 
And that's what he's finding out in the investigative judgment. Who is wearing Christ's righteousness, his robe of righteousness? Okay, so the king comes in to see the guests, to see if all are attired in the wedding garment of the spotless robe of character, washed and made white in the blood of the Lamb. He who is found wanting is cast out, but all who upon examination are seen to have the wedding garment on are accepted of God and accounted worthy of a share in his kingdom and a seat upon his throne. This work of examination of character, of determining who are prepared for the kingdom of God, is that of the investigative judgment, the closing work in the sanctuary above. I don't know, I had a thought I wanted to share, and it just sort of vanished. Um, well, I hope it'll come back. When the work of investigative investigation shall be ended, when the cases of those who in all ages have, have professed to be followers of Christ have been examined and decided, then and not till then, probation will close. And the door, oh, I know what it was, and that is that the wicked are not in this judgment. They haven't accepted Christ as their Savior. They have not claimed to accept Christ as their Savior. They have not uh, even pretended to go to church or have a Christian life. So they will get their judgment at the end, which is going to be figured out by the thousand years in heaven. But this judgment that's going on now includes all people who have claimed to be Christians. When the work of investigation shall be ended, when the cases of those who in all ages have professed to be followers of Christ have been examined and decided, then and not till then, probation will close and the door of mercy will be shut. Thus, in the one short sentence, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. We're carried down through the Savior's final ministration to the time when the great work for man's salvation shall be completed. In, okay, there we go. I think that's all I was supposed to read. 428. Okay. So, and the point of that reading was that um, the judgment happened before the wedding, the exam or the examination of wedding garments. Before he could be married, he had to know who was going to make up his kingdom. Matthew 22, and this is Jesus speaking. Matthew 22. Dear, I've been out of that. my place. Here we are. Matthew 22, verse 2. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And verses 8 to 14. Still Jesus telling the parable. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, gathering together all as many as were found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment, and he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away. Cast him into outer darkness. There shall be 
weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. The judgment is compared to the examination of wedding garments. Matthew 25, 1-10. 25, 1-10. Okay. This is Jesus speaking. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. <laughs> That's the thing that gave the early pioneers some comfort, knowing that the bridegroom tarried. They were waiting for him. They thought that um, that he was going to come to the earth. They didn't realize that that secret coming was to go, uh, or as a thief in the night, was to going in as Daniel described, before the Lord to receive his kingdom. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, And not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go you rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And uh, I kind of think that these ones that they went to get oil, which was an experience with the Holy Spirit of being prepared and um, get it, putting on Christ's robe of righteousness through the work of sanctification and victory over sins through working with Christ, um, they they went to try to have an experience, but it was way too late. Um yeah, the door is going to be shut, and nobody else is going to be able to come in. They, When they did come back, they said, Lord, open to us. And he said, I never knew you. I, I say unto you, I know you not. He didn't know them because they didn't bother to get to know him and to try to put on his robe of righteousness and let him work a work in their lives. So enough of me talking. Let me, let's see. All that are ready will have on the wedding garment. Now I'm going to read a few paragraphs in Christ Object Lessons 406 and 407. I love this book. While they went to buy, the procession moved on and left them behind. The five with lighted lamps joined the throng and entered the house with the bridal train, and the door was shut. When the foolish virgins reached the banqueting hall, they received an unexpected denial the master of the feast declared, I know you not. They were left standing without in the empty street in the blackness of the night. As Christ sat looking upon the party that waited for the bridegroom, he told his disciples the story of the ten virgins by their experience illustrating the experience of the church that shall live just before his second coming. The two classes of watchers represent the two classes who profess to be waiting for their Lord. They are called virgins because they profess a pure faith. By the lamps is represented the word of God. The psalmist says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The oil, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Thus, 
The Spirit is represented in the prophecy of Zechariah. The angel that talked with me came again, he says, and waked me as a man that is waked out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? And he answered and spake unto me, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. All right. Let's see. Where were I? 406 and 407. And four. Pardon me. I'm sorry. My computer laptop here. Am I where I'm supposed to be? I think. Okay. Revelation 19, 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. So the saints will be righteous. The necessary garment is the white robe of righteousness. You know that process of putting on Christ's robe of righteousness? It's a sanctification process. The Lord works in us. And we work in self-denial, etc. Take up our cross. Let him work in us. Cooperate with him when he asks us a thing. All right, we've got two verses left to read and we're done for the day. Isaiah 61 and 10. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. The garments are provided. Guests have only to accept them. When we accept Christ's robe of righteousness, he comes into our heart and changes us and works with us to sanctify us. It's not something we can do. There is not one thread of human devising in that robe. It's all Christ. The last one, Revelation 3, 5. Jesus is everything to us. Revelation 3, 5. Well, we can cooperate. That's what we can do. We can deny ourselves. We can ask him for help. <laughs> Okay, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Praise the Lord. We'll give, the robes are given to the overcomers. And uh, If you find that confusing, I believe as we go, it's going to become more clear. We're going to begin to understand how the Lord brings that about in our life. He brings about that change, helps us to put his robe on. 
helps us to walk with him by faith. All right. That's why I think Revelation says keeping the commandments of God and having and keeping the faith of Jesus. Anyway, let's close with prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this study. Thank you, Lord, for your plan of salvation. And now, while we still have a little time, we don't know how much, before our names come up before you, we ask that you work that work in our lives as necessary. I ask for those who are here with me today that they will be aware of you coming to them and bringing them your robe and presenting it to them, that they would cooperate to put it on and to be obedient and submissive, completely submissive to your will. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, brothers, sisters, God bless you today. And I will hope to see you in the morning. And tomorrow we will be talking about the second representation of Christ coming for his people from the wedding. All right. Bye-bye then.